week? Everybody doing good? Yeah? Um, other than North Carolina fans, everybody else is kind of ready for the tournament, right? If they could, if they could play Duke every week, I think they might would win, win something. You'd, it's amazing the level of play that occurred in, during that game. Did anybody watch that game? You're looking at me. Yeah, some people watch it. Yeah. Or did I upset all the Carolina fans and now you're just looking at me like, <sighs> look, I'm a Wake Forest fan, so you can make fun of me all day long, right? I mean, I, you know, our team, yeah. Yeah, I like the colors and it's the home team, so that's why I pull for them. Yep. All right. Well, I need to write something right behind here real quick. And... um Oh, that's the wrong way. No, that'll be all right. Good. And then, let's see. Let's see if I can do this. Is that right? Oh. Uh oh. That's something, isn't it? That is something. Thank you very much. Yeah, there is something right there. Wow, that took, I guess I can do it when I don't talk. So, so um, we have a special room in our house where if you were to come over to our house, um, if anything was out, like that shouldn't be out, and you're going to be there in about 30 minutes, and we're kind of hitting it real quick. Is everybody knowing where I'm going with this? And you're going to hit it real quick. We grab all the stuff, and we place it into this room, okay? So, and then we close the door to the room, and we try to keep it closed the whole time. It's kind of difficult, though, because when you have children over, children like to explore houses. So, you know, every now and then the door will open, and then you're like, oh, well, people have seen our junk room, our junk junk room now because really that's what it is. Um, it is it's just a room where we put stuff. In fact, when we clean the house and we don't know where we want to really put something, we put that in this room. Now, to make ourselves feel better, we call it the office. <laughs> so, so we say, uh, Quinn, go put that in the office, right? And Quinn knows it doesn't matter where he puts it or the floor or whatever, as long as there's a path through, I mean, we're, we're good with this little thing. So we, we have this hidden room that you don't see if you come to my house, and everything else is pretty, pretty clean and ready to go for, for visitors and, and things of that nature. We even make Quinn clean up his room when people come over, right? So Quinn cleans up his room. I clean up my room. Aurora will clean up her room. We clean the bathrooms. We make sure the kitchen's ready to go. But this one room, man, we've got a bunch of stuff in the room, and we really don't want anybody to see that particular room. Um, it, this room is also um, a, goodwill, a goodwill storage center, right? So it's the stuff that, and this is how it goes, okay? Um, we don't really use this anymore, and we're thinking about having a yard sale. So we stick it into this room, and years go by, and we never have a yard sale. My fault, you know, I never get the tables, never do it. 
And so I get tired of it being in the room, so I'll load up my trunk and I'll just take it to Goodwill so that they can have their yard sale, right? So that they can make money on my stuff, right? That's essentially what it, you know, that's what Goodwill is. They're making money on my stuff. You never get a cut from the Goodwill stuff, right? They, they sell it in the place. So it's this storage area that you don't really want anyone to see. Some people have closets this way. Some people, their garage is this way. Their garage is this way. How many of you have trouble keeping your garage cleaned out so you can at least park a car in it, right? Have a little thing? Yeah, my garage from, not, from time to time gets stuff in it, and I move the stuff out. My wife helps me move the stuff out. Quinn helps me move the stuff out. We straighten it up. We sweep it. We put everything in. It's nice and orderly. And then one day later, we got stuff sitting in the corner. I mean, it's, it's just ongoing stuff like that. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. For the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about purity um, in all aspects of life. So purity. And so today we're in Genesis chapter 39. As you're turning there, I want to give you some background to this passage. Um, There's a character in this story. His name is Joseph, and he comes from a family of 12 brothers. Uh, What has happened to him is that his father loved him more than any of the other sons. It was his favorite son. And so he made him this coat of many colors, and he gave it to him, and his other brothers, well, at least 10 of them, were really jealous of him in this coat. And so... um, His dad sent him out one day to find out where his brothers were and to check on them, see how they were doing, make sure they were all right. And he went and they grabbed him, took his coat of many colors off of him and threw him into a pit. And they had intended to kill him, but they decided not to. So as time progressed, this this thing that was going down in Egypt was passing by and they sold him into slavery. So he was sold by the brothers that should have loved him. Can you imagine Joseph who didn't see this coming or he wouldn't have gone, right? He, he didn't see this coming. He's being sold into slavery. He's thankful that he's not dead, but he's betrayed by 10 people who really should have protected him, who really should have loved him, who really should have been on his side. Can you imagine Joseph being young traveling to Egypt, knowing that he's sold into slavery, knowing that he was betrayed by his parents, and wondering where God is. Where, where is God in all of this? And then on that trip down, he was presented with two roads he could have gone down, right? He could either say, If God can't protect me from my 10 brothers, then I'm out. I've lived for him my entire life, and now I'm sold into slavery. I don't know what's going to become of my life, and I'm out. Or he could choose to continue to follow God and follow him in purity and go the right way and and live for him even though he was sold into slavery. You see, Joseph was a very blessed individual before he was sold into slavery. I mean, earthly blessed. He had everything, and everything was taken from him. If I was to put it to you in a, um, like, more your way, it would, it, would, it would be you 
without your smartphone. Okay? It would be you without the vehicles at your house. It would be you without your refrigerator, which is now clean, and your microwave, which is now clean. Right? By the way, we have a division happening in the church. I want to let you know that. There is now a team Nicole on Facebook and a team Philip. So it's dividing the church. But nonetheless, we're getting back to, back to what we're going at. So you would lose everything that you had in order to be a slave, somebody second class, and all this happened because your family did. It, can you imagine that? Losing everything. In other words, ladies, you couldn't wake up in the morning and put on your makeup. Guys, we couldn't wake up in the morning and choose what we wanted to do that particular day. Ladies, you couldn't wake up and, and see your children anymore. You couldn't wake up and, and do the things that you're free to do and the choices that you make during the day and the hairdressers you go to and, and the work that you do and the people's teeth that you clean because I know a lot of people clean teeth that are ladies in this church. You couldn't do that. Can you imagine? And here's Joseph going in. He's lost everything because his identity was not rooted in his blessings. His identity was not in that coat of many colors. His identity was not in being the favored son. His identity was found in Yahweh. And he kept his identity there as a chosen person of God. And so if your identity is in your blessings, in your car, in your phone, in your computer, in what you have, in your whatever collection you have, if your identity is found there, and if it was taken away, your identity would be totally gone. However, if you live your life to where your identity is in Yahweh, there is nothing you can lose on this earth that would take that identity away. It's absolutely amazing. So Joseph is that guy. His identity is in Yahweh, and that's how we start Chapter 39, verse 1. And it says this. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had bought him, oh, brought, I'm sorry, bought, brought, what's well, the same? Just kidding, it doesn't, it's spelled different. Okay, brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hand. In other words, to make a reference to last week, Potiphar saw Joseph plus one, right? Joseph plus something else that was giving him the power to do this, Joseph plus God. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended to him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had and in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. If you were a slave, this was the best case scenario that you could ever have. Joseph had free reign of this house, this palace. Joseph had the trust of this guy that, that was over him. He had everything and was over everything. Now Joseph, latter part of verse six, 
was handsome in form and appearance. And after time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in the, he is not, he is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. So let me pause here a moment. Here's a situation where Joseph has made, obviously, the right decision, right? Situation. And here's this woman that wants to get him and wants him to do things with her that he knows is incorrect. And so he refuses and leaves his garment in her hand. And in verse 14, she called to the men of her house and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house and then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. The first thing I wanna say that really isn't a part of the rest of what I'm gonna do today is this. I am deeply disturbed that we always believe the woman. Deeply disturbed by that. It is not that I do not want people that have been hurt by a man to speak out. It is not that at all. I want them to speak out. I want them to get help. I want them to detach and run away as far as possible and never be around that man again. That's what I want. But this is also what I want. I want the women who are lying about it to shut their mouths. There are a lot of women that have ruined the lives of good men just because of what they said. And after a period of time of just hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, even though the guy was seen to be innocent of the thing, he lives with that the rest of his life. And if we aren't gonna trust the word of a man, right, every time he says something, we should be careful when we hear an accusation from a lady. Should we take it seriously? Absolutely, we should take it seriously. But don't be so quick to jump on the bandwagon until you actually have proof that something has happened. Is everybody with me? Here is a situation in scripture where Joseph did absolutely nothing wrong and here is a lady that has said he did, right? 
and she's making the situation bad for Joseph. In fact, it's going to be so bad that it is going to cause him to lose his position in Potiphar's house, and then he's going to have to go to jail. Now, the jail that he goes to, I want to let you know, is actually Potiphar's jail. I don't know if you knew this or not, but he's thrown into Potiphar's jail, and it is Potiphar that has the influence to make him over that jail. So when you read in Scripture that he was mad, that doesn't necessarily mean he was angry at Joseph. Just a little thing about that. So here is she, and she is covering up what she has done to the best of her ability, and she knows she's going to be believed. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Great, I did great on something. So the question I have for you this morning is, are you hiding something? Are you hiding something? Here is a lady that definitely had bad intentions, right? She's hiding a bunch of stuff. She's hiding it so nobody can see it. Here's a couple of things that she's hiding. First, an emotional tie to someone who wasn't her husband. She's hiding it to the best of her ability. She's approaching Joseph when he's alone. He, she's trying to get him because he's young. He's, he, she's playing on him a little bit to get, her to, do, to get him to do something wrong. She is hiding an emotional attachment to another man that isn't her husband. She's hiding that to the best of her ability. In fact, she does it to the place where um, she has let all the men of the house leave and they're alone in the house to where she can hide what she wants to do that is wrong. She's hiding something. Next, she approached him day after day and then set up for them to be alone. Day after day after day. So whatever it is that she's hiding is not something that she did 40 years ago. Are you tracking? Like there, there's stuff that you and I don't tell people that we did 40 years ago. Right? 30 years ago? 20 years ago? Right? I mean, there's stuff that, that we did that we don't necessarily want to tell people about, right? We don't want our children to know about. We don't want other people to know about. Um, I have stuff like, like that because you have stuff like that that we just don't want people to know about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that you're hiding that you're currently doing, like you're tr currently participating in. And here is something that she pursued day after day after day, and she wouldn't stop, and she hid it from people, but she still pursued it, and she still pursued it with Joseph. Are you hiding something that you are pursuing day after day after day that you don't want anyone else to know about, and you keep it hidden so that you can stay looking good, right? Is there something day after day that you are hiding. Next. She didn't think it was wicked. Joseph 
says, how can I do such a wicked, wicked thing? I believe that our culture is at this point to where wickedness is now right. To where we, we are in a culture where it's very easy for us to say, well, this is evil. Well, I was just wrong. My parents didn't, didn't raise me right. And those people are kind of weird anyway because they stick to the Bible. And this is how culture is. So this is really not that wrong. Once you and I get to the place where we are thinking, this is really not that wrong, is the moment that we have lost our sensitivity to what is really wicked. Why can't two people just love each other? Doesn't that sound good? Well, there's a reason. Right here. I am not supposed to love another woman other than my wife and my daughter. And Greg kids after she's 30. Okay? I'm not supposed to have feelings for anybody else other than my wife in that particular manner, in an intimacy sort of role, right? I'm not supposed to do that. Even if there is a drop-dead gorgeous whatever it is that petitions me day after day after day, the Bible says even though I might have feelings for that individual, I am not supposed to do that because I am married to my wife. I can tell you I don't have feelings for anybody else. I don't. So I don't want you to think, you know, just needed to make sure you know it's just her and I. But it's wrong. It would be wrong for me to sit down with another lady at a meal and have a meal with just me and her. It seems innocent. It seems like it'd be okay. In fact, I have a good friend of mine right now that wants to go get coffee. Um, And she's going to help me with some book stuff. Do you know what I told her? Um, Nicole might go with us. Might is a surety, by the way. And if it's not Nicole, it's going to be Aurora because she loves Aurora. It's going to be somebody between those two that I sit down with this lady to talk about how to write a book. Why? Because one, appearance of evil, and two, there is absolutely no way I am going to even crack that door. I'm not going to crack the door. Our vice president, I really don't care what you think about him, but I think he's an honorable man. He will not have a meal with another lady. He always has somebody with him. Why? Because he's a Christian, and he believes the book, and he's not going to allow that door to open. Is everybody tracking with me? As weird as people say that he is, and he got a lot of flack for it, I'm here to tell you that is the right approach. And ladies, you shouldn't be sitting down with another man that's not your husband at a meal. You should not be doing that. She didn't think it was wicked. How far have we come? Well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, that's just overkill. Well, that's just being a little too strict. If a little too strict keeps me holy, I'm in. If a little too strict keeps me pure, I am in. Are you with me? It is always better in this particular arena to be too strict than too liberal. 
It is better to do something that sounds crazy that you think is just ridiculous, but you're gonna do this anyway, as long as it keeps you from doing this over here. It is better to be too strict than not strict enough. This affects people. This affects people. You see, Joseph was affected by some, some bad people. First, his brothers wanted to kill him, right? And they impacted him in a very negative way. Now, Potiphar's wife is affecting him in a very negative way. He's gonna be thrown into jail. So these people, these people affected Joseph, who was innocent, in a very negative fashion. However, Joseph always affected people in a very positive way. In scripture, he affected his family in a very positive way. Even though his brothers didn't like him, he still went to check on him because he cared about him. When he made it to Potiphar's house, he did the best job possible and blessed Potiphar's house with the way that he ran Potiphar's house. And Potiphar didn't have to think about anything but what to eat. That's better than a woman. Come on. That was good. That was good. That wood was good, right? He didn't have to worry about anything but what to eat because he blessed people. Listen, you and I either bless people or hurt people with the way that we live. We either have what's called a good character like Joseph that blesses other people when we interact with them or we have a wicked, defiled, unpure character like Potiphar's wife that always hurts people because of the bad character that they have. Are you hiding something? Next screen. But she used to make someone else look wicked. She didn't think it was wicked, but she used it to make someone else look wicked. I'm not gonna unpack that one. You just hold on to that. Next. She was hurt. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. She asked somebody to do something that was wrong. He refused to do it, and she was hurt because she was hurt. In her mind, she thought it was the thing to do, right? Is he not doing it because she wasn't beautiful? Is she not attractive enough? I don't know. She was hurt. So her hurtness caused her to cover it up and make life bad for Joseph when really she should have been hurt because of what she was hiding, right? She should have been hurt because of the wickedness that was in her heart. When is the last time you and I were actually hurt because of the wickedness that was really in our hearts? When's the last time that we we found that little deep room that we call the office that has a bunch of junk in it that we're like, we're really, I'm really, wow, that's just, oh, I shouldn't be hiding that. I shouldn't have that with me. That is wicked. Are you hiding something? We live in a culture where we get so used to a bunch of sin. We just get so used to it. We see it everywhere. We get used to it. And it becomes less wicked than it really 
is. So she was hurt, and she had something to hide. Let me show you. You may be aware of this. You may not be aware of this. But I'm going to show you how Joseph answered this question. Nothing. Is it possible to live your life in such a way that you have nothing to hide? Yes, it is. But I don't know, man. Our, the flesh and, you know, Romans and I grapple, blah, 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 and I grapple and I really can't. Can I really live in such a way that I have nothing to hide? The answer to that question is yes. Joseph did. Joseph had absolutely nothing to hide. You know how I know this? Because scripture would tell us who's the greatest king of all time other than Jesus. Okay, we know it's Jesus. Who's the greatest king of all time? David. Um, did scripture hide some stuff that he did? <laughs> that was incorrect? Absolutely not. Here is a guy named Joseph who has nothing in Scripture where he did anything wrong that he needed to hide at all. There was no correction for, for Joseph. Am I saying that he was perfect? No. I know that he sinned. But he had nothing to hide. Can you and I live in such a way that we have nothing to hide? And the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Um, I, in my house, have Alexa. Several of them. They're cloned throughout the house. Some of them are this tall, and the other ones are this tall. Okay, do y'all know what Alexa is? Just shake your head. Yeah, you with me? I have Alexa. I have friends of mine that will not have Alexa in their house, and I've talked to them. They're fine with this. It, Alexa in their house because they feel like the government will listen in. Right? The government will listen. There you go. Yeah. Thank, that, thank you. Thank you for being on. The government will listen in. Um, I have other friends of mine that have computers that have put a piece of tape over the camera so that the government can't watch them. Yeah. So to me, and you know how I am, so just go with this. I'm just kind of just, this is me, not really making fun of anybody, but thinking this through. If the government is looking at me on my laptop. All they are seeing is this. And to be honest, if they want to watch that, they can do it all day long. <laughs> these same people, and I've said this to these people, and I love these people, they're still my friend, I don't think I'm, I'm that person, I'm not that person. I have said, but you take your phone into the bathroom. And you sit with a camera pointing up and another one. Where is the piece of tape? I would do that before I would do my computer screen, right? So then it's my, you know, my dad, and we talk about this. My dad, I love him and I respect him. He's, he's a great guy. And we, we joke back and forth about this. But he says, you know, the government can get into your computer. And I'm said, yeah, they can. And, and I started thinking that through about two years ago, and, and I came to the conclusion, if the government 
is listening to me in my home. They're hearing Christian music 24-7, right? That's what they're hearing. And an occasional interesting exchange between the two people that are married there. (laughs) Every now and then, it gets interesting, right? The other thing is if they are going into my hard drive to look for anything and the websites that I've been going to, If they go into my computer, into my iPad, into my phone, they are finding uh, sermons that are planned a year out. They're finding reading material with sermons and religion and all that kind of stuff. And we know how the government feels about religion. So they aren't going to find anything because I have nothing on my computer, I have nothing on my iPad, I have nothing on my phone that I am personally trying to hide. Now, is there some... Some text with counseling stuff on it. Yeah, sure. And I keep that very protected. I don't want people to see that. But there is nothing that I would be embarrassed of today if you were to go to my house and look on my computer, look on my iPad, look on my phone, look on anything. You could do it. And I would not be embarrassed. I might be embarrassed that I spent money at a particular place, you know, for a particular item that I spent too much money for. Right? I might be a little bit embarrassed there. But there is nothing that you could find on that. So look, right? Is there anything you are hiding? This is what I figured out about 25 years ago. If I would live my life in such a way that I had nothing to hide, I would live in peace. See, when you're living and you have something to hide, You don't want anybody to find it, and you have to constantly think about how you can keep it hid. How can I keep it hid? How can I keep something over it? How can I retape it? And the problem is, every now and then, it's revealed from time to time, and you have to stick that back on there. Are you tracking? Why would you want to live a life where you are hiding something when you don't have to? So, the way I see it is that when I was eight years old and I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, everything that I would ever want to hide was hidden by the blood of Jesus Christ, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So to see me today, to see you today, if you're a Christian, you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why would we ever want to put something in front of the blood so they see that first before they see what Jesus did for you? Why would we ever want to hide some petty sin? Why would we want to keep holding on to some petty sin so that people might one day see that instead of seeing the Jesus that saved you from that sin? You see, there's a lot more to the scripture that says, be holy for I am holy. Live right because I lived right. Resist temptation because I resist temptation, Jesus says. There's something to that because you don't want something to be here that hides Jesus from the world. You want nothing here, nothing hidden so that Jesus can be seen. Amen? That is what you want.
Now, a couple of things. Joseph. If you want to live pure, this is what you have to do. First of all, quit hiding things. I think we covered that, right? Just quit hiding things. Quit doing it. Now, I do not want you to come up to the church and make a public confession. Don't, please don't do that. Please. You can tell me. That's fine. I'll keep it between you and me. If you want to, if it makes you feel better, if you need accountability, if you need help with it, I don't mind talking to you, but do not, do not come forward and just blast it out in the church. However, you do need to tell the people closest to you, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad. You do need to keep it within that circle and come out and say, I struggle. I've been hiding this for years. I struggle with this. I need help with this. Help me out so that they can help you so that you have some form of accountability. Fair? Fair enough? You don't need to do it, but quit hiding things and quit doing it for your own good. Next, live each day the right way. Live each day the right way. Do the work it takes to make the right decisions. If this group of people is going to do this, you go the other way. If this group of people is going to do something that isn't right, you go the other way. You do something else. You live the right way. Leave that alone. Next, Don't be gentle with your emotions. Do you know what I mean by that? We're we're so gentle with our emotions sometimes. We have these emotions and these emotions and we're like, yeah, well, it's not that bad. I have this emotion, but it's not that bad. No, no. You have emotions that's going to lead you down a path of sin. That is the moment you're not gentle with them. That's the moment you say, I am not going to do it. And the stronger the emotion is to do that particular thing, the louder your voice and your thought processes need to get to not do it. You're drawn to it because of emotion. Oh, you know, well, I feel like it. I I think it'll be all right this one time. No, 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 is what you need to be saying. And you might need to say it out loud in the car so people look at you like you're crazy. You might need to say it at home. I am not going to do that, Satan. I am not going to do that, flesh. I am not going to do that. And say it over and over and say it out loud so you don't do it. You take it to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I'm trying not to do this. Help me not do it. Get this off of my mind. What can I do? Who can I be around? Where can I go not to do this particular thing? Don't be gentle with your emotions. Slap them around. Not the baby. Slap them around. (laughs) Slap them around. Next, know who you are. Know who you are. This is the last one. Know who you are. This is what that means. A lot of people don't know who they are. They identify with this group that's doing something. They identify with this group that's doing something. They identify with this group over here that's doing something. There's a movie that I watched. It was years ago. So I'm not even sure what's all in it, but I'm going to tell you this part. There's a, it's called The Runaway Bride. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. And um, one of my favorite actors in that movie, and I forgot her name right now, but nonetheless, Julie, Julia Roberts, right? She um, would have diff- different, 
she would change the eggs she likes based on who she was dating, right? So this person, she liked them. I don't, I don't even like eggs. So I'm going to say floppy, scrambled, bold, um, eggnog. I mean, whatever eggs it is, she would change, you know, whatever. So she would change. And at one point in that movie, the person that she really loved told her that you don't even know who you are because you always change your eggs with whoever you're with because you don't know who you are. Listen, Jesus Christ has given you an identity so that you don't have to live that way. If you've received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God. You are a special one to him. You are a priest in his kingdom. You are a part of his family. You are made righteous and holy because of him and what he did on the cross. He has given you an amazing identity. And who you are is a child of God. I'm not Philip. I am a child of God. I'm not just a preacher. I am a child of God. I'm not just a father. I am a child of God. I'm not just a man. I am a child of God. That is my identity. And I am going to strive to do my best to live a pure life so that I can be holy as God is holy because that's what he's called me to do. It is me plus one. Me plus one. Amen? Let's pray.